0: corrections, and bear markets. And now, on to our Lead Lag Live discussion, hosted by Michael Guyad.
1: My name is Michael Guyad, publisher of the Lead Lag Report. Joining me for the hour is the stock mom herself, uh, Amanda, who had been uh, going back and forth with a bit as far as topics. Uh, Very much appreciate the positive nature of the way she engages. So, Amanda, introduce yourself to the audience and to me. Uh, Talk about uh, who you are, your background. It doesn't sound to me like uh, you started off necessarily in the field of trading and investing.
2: Well, first and foremost, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak on your platform, Michael. Uh, I am very excited because, I mean, I listened to your podcast like all the time like I don't always get to be in the spaces you'll see me pop in a lot (laughs) throughout the days uh but right now I've been doing like gig apps like shipped and instacart and stuff just kind of working on building my account uh so like in between deliveries it's great to listen to but anyway yes I'm Amanda but everyone knows me as mom stock mom um primarily hang out on twitter uh for the market um, I've kind of like hung out in discords and stuff in the past, but Twitter just kind of has a soft spot in my heart because it's kind of like the platform that blew up for me at the right time during the 2021 craziness. Uh, but also, I don't know, there's just something about it. There's a lot of people who are kind of nefarious i guess or maybe not intentionally or confusing or frustrating or trolling or fake <laughs> we deal with it all the time but anyway because of that i kind of like hanging out there in this space because i kind of like when people are antagonizing because i kind of one like to throw truth at them and two i kind of like it for the same reasons you do michael um sentiment <laughs> it's huge um, but yeah, I have I have quite the story, I guess. Um, when it comes to the markets, we'll, we'll keep it kind of short and sweet. I ended up kind of falling into the market. Um, back in 2020, we had all that money. We were on lockdown. It was like just like, okay, well, I have extra money. I've never really had extra money. I bet you if I were to do something with it in the stock market, it'd probably be a good time to buy stocks because I was – smart enough to understand that the, you know, the world had shut down. I figure, okay, so stocks would probably be cheaper. So I made my first purchase like on, um, and just like on, like a investing app. It wasn't active trading. I had no idea even how to look at like charts, really. <laughs> um, but I saw United Airlines was a pretty good price and I figure, oh, well, you know, people aren't going to be flying. That's probably a good price. Maybe it'll come back around. And I put a hundred dollars in there uh, kind of casually looked at it, but a year goes by and I'm checking it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's up like 300%. What the heck? And you know, like I'm feeling like the best trader in the world right now. I'm like, this is so easy. <laughs> um, little did I know, but you know, so that kind of piqued my interest. I love that. I took money and I made it into more, more money. And so it was just like this, I could do this. I love this. Um, But, yeah, so it started there, and I just kind of started hearing about the meme stock thing in 2021. I was like, what are people talking about? What is this, like, GME? What is this AMC thing? I don't know. But then, like, you know, they're sharing those pictures of more complicated charts to me at the time. I was like, where are they even looking at this? What is active trading? And anyway, so I fell down the rabbit hole. I made my first trade on GME and it was during March, 2021, when things got crazy. I mean, the markets are just exploding. I made my first $500 like that. And like, I don't know, I guess I got obsessed ever since kind of started building my position on ANC. Um, you know, there was a lot of money to be made in 2021. I made a lot of money. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> you know, um, And I'm just kind of going from there. But um, I could get more into why the market speaks to me and what I like about it, but um, I don't know. We'll just start there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that that that's a good place. Okay, so so um, I had never really been familiar with Discord until I saw all the I'd say it this way, but kind of scammers, you know, pumping and dumping and referencing their own discords. Uh, educate me a little bit on this, Amanda. Sort of the difference in terms of the demographic of those that. Look for investment ideas or talk about thoughts on Discord versus the demographics on Twitter?
2: Well, it just depends. Um, on Discord, it can be a little more like you're in a smaller group with more people that you're going to talk to on a regular basis. Maybe they're not being as judgmental because there's not as many people in the group, or um, it's set up in a way to be more supportive. But I've also heard of other ones that are just like atrocious, <laughs> using your word, Michael. Um, it, it really depends. But I found it kind of overwhelming. I mean, I. A lot of people who end up in Discord, a lot. I, I, I didn't tra- refer to them as the bros a lot, the trading bros. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of the newer age, you know, traders. And I get it. I'm kind of in that same crowd, but I guess I've kind of, I don't know, um, separated myself a little bit, I guess, from that. Uh, but you know, it's a lot of uh, you see some of the similar people you see on on Twitter, like. Um, you know, that's the really arrogant and think they know everything and they want to get really um, caught up in their bias. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Discord, I like it, but I also don't. I don't know. It's kind of confusing to me, so that's also why I don't like it. Uh, but Twitter's just, like, less private, I guess. And I kind of like that. I like that it's public because I'm not hiding anything. It's If it can be talked about, I want to talk about it with a lot of people. So for me, it's just kind of a reach thing.
1: And presumably there's also um, again, not that I'm Speaking from experience, I'm going to assume that there's a lot more uh, desire to be anonymous on Discord, whereas at least with Twitter, you know, you can choose to be anonymous, but there are a lot of you know real people, and you know, you can actually look up their credentials.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I would agree with that because, like, on Discord, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like Reddit. Same thing. You're a little more anonymous. You don't really know who you're talking to. You don't know if they're actually who they say they are. And you see that on Twitter. But I don't know. I just feel like it's easier to vet people um, on Twitter who are more active than, say, on um, just some private Discord.
1: Okay, so that word "vet," I think, is uh, is worth focusing on. Given that you know, again, you came in as a newer uh, trader. Um, how do you even know what information to vet, who to vet, who to follow, who to not follow? You know, when you don't have sort of a you know a core foundation at the start, and you're getting involved, you know, kind of baptism by fire. You know, you don't know if the person that's throwing you in uh, really knows what they're talking about to begin with. So how would you go about that process in the beginning?
2: Oh, well, that's kind of funny you bring that up. So um, just like everybody else, I uh, was subject to the same uh, emotions <laughs> as many people feel and during different cycles of the market or different phases of the cycle of the market. It's kind of interesting. Like I've learned so much in such a short amount of time. It's like taking my mindset back there already. It's kind of hard. <laughs> um, but I do remember I used to get caught up on it a lot easier. You know, it was when there's euphoria going on or, you know, all that irrational enthusiasm. I mean, it's like everybody loves each other, Everybody's super friendly or gaining followers like crazy. Everyone's making money or believing they're making money, right? A lot of those games don't get realized. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's like peace, love, money, the world's changing, The you know, everything's going to be different. And in the moment, it really does feel that way. And I definitely was prone to believing some of those things. I mean, when I first kind of got into the active trading space, the way I went about that was, well, YouTube, I'm like, there's got to be somebody on here who knows what's going on, right? Someone's got to tell me what's going on. And you know, and that was the thing. Even though it's clear that maybe these people that I was learning off of originally were not that experienced, they did give me at least the basis of the knowledge I needed. Like, okay, what is bearish and bullish? What what's hawkish and dovish? Why does the Fed matter? You know, it, it was fascinating to me when I was really just trying to figure out how this whole market trading thing works you, you look up on Google and I mean, it's like so much, it's like information overload. You don't really, you just want someone to tell you just like, okay, what app do I download? What do I need to do? Like, how do I do this? Like, just make it simple. But the truth is it's just not simple. Um, and everybody has a different way of going about it. So I guess the biggest thing was just, I need somebody to just say, okay, this is kind of, the gist of what happens and how things flow. And then from there, I just kind of jumped off and started learning. Um, you know, I'm the kind of person who has like a billion questions about everything all the time. So I will just look it up and I will read and I will research and I will do all these things till I understand it because I don't like explaining things to other people if I don't understand them really well myself. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, it was just really easy. It was really easy just to get caught up in that. But actually, I've come to find that going from a bull market to a bear market, I actually kind of like it. Well, it's not as easy to make money in these conditions, I like that I can tell who's real and who's not a lot more. <laughs> um, but it is hard if if you don't have a good understanding of one honest person looks like compared to a dishonest person, it's really hard to tell the difference.
1: And I, it's um, it's probably especially hard also when there's almost this kind of us versus them mentality that I think is pretty pervasive in the discourse of the world, the fin twitch of the world, uh yeah, you know, where you have a lot of younger uh, folk who are, let's call it um, frustrated, angry at, you know, sort of the the vision of what Wall Street was is almost kind of like um I forget that movement that was that was taking place, Occupy Wall Street, right? You have that kind of mentality digitally online. And while there is validity to a lot of the the sentiment there, the truth is if you're going to try to educate yourself, the people that know how things work are those very people that often get villainized rightly or wrongly, right? So, yeah, you know, there's, to your point, sort of the, the aspect of needing to know what sources to go to, but also not get caught up in the, in the narrative that you shouldn't listen to what these people in quotes have to say about markets and how they work because they're the bad guys.
3: We'll be back after a quick break.
1: Hello, listeners. Michael Guyad here from Lead Lag Live. Are you ready to take a deep dive into market trends, risk management, and investment strategies? Then you need the Lead Lag Report. Our in-depth analysis helps you understand the financial markets like never before. And guess what? We're giving you a chance to experience it at a discounted rate. Visit theleadlag.report slash Live and get an exclusive 30% off on your subscription. Don't miss out. Level up your investment game with the Lead Lag Report. And now, back to our discussion.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that was huge. And it still is to an extent. Um, but you know like in in the beginning, before I really kind of understood how markets really work and how they're made in the first place, it's easy to believe, okay, the little guy is winning and that's why the market is exploding right now. Uh, but then I came to realize, okay, maybe it's not because it used to feel like okay, we got to recruit more people, more people, we got to get on board. And in some regards, when things were squeezing and going crazy, I mean, I guess, retail moves could have amplified the day-to-day movements, but I've come to realize, oh yeah, it's like not quite so simplistic, you know? Um, and it, I've, I've realized that, well, we all kind of want to be on a team and we all want to like, you know, yeah, we want to stick it to the, the man altogether. At the end of the day, trading is such an individual thing. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's just you and your account and your decisions. Uh, and, yeah, that is that is a really difficult thing for a lot of people, especially because a lot of people don't like to do things alone or they don't even really know how to make decisions for themselves. Um, so, yeah, it is a really fascinating dynamic.
1: You mentioned that uh, in the beginning you didn't even necessarily look at charts, um, which yeah, I think a lot of newer traders, that's sort of the first thing and maybe even the last thing that they look at because everyone, as I like to kind of point out, uh, loves those squiggly lines right because the mind needs something to anchor onto to make a decision and when you can visualize it based on something that you can uh, draw yourself you can argue it creates maybe a false sense of confidence but talk about sort of the evolution of how you went from not knowing what to analyze and what tools to use to what you do now
2: you know i just i guess i found it fascinating for me um it was like a big puzzle, I guess uh, the market still is to this day uh I guess i, get, I get, you could say i get prone to boredom <laughs> um so I guess' let us t- go back to my story a little more, so to understand why I like the market so much, I guess you're gonna have to understand my background so I've talked about um you know where I came from i so I'm a domestic- abu- abuse survivor um I divorced back in Gosh, it's 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, and so, before all of that happened, I was a young mom. At well, almost mom. I was 18, got married right out of out of uh, high school to uh, my boyfriend in high school at the time, and we were super unprepared, super emotionally immature, didn't know what we were doing. Had a baby a year later. Was a mom at 19. And, you know, life just hit us really hard. We didn't know what we were doing. We both came from dysfunctional families. Uh, and life isn't easy, especially when you're not prepared. Um, and so as time went on, life got harder. Things happened. you know, my uh, ex's mom, she, she passed away uh, when he was about 20. And that was devastating. I don't think he was ever right after that moment. And then, as you know, finances got worse. Life got harder. We weren't really going anywhere in life. Um, You know, he fell into addiction. He had been really financially abusive over the years. I mean, there was times in my life where I had no idea how I was going to pay bills. I had no idea how I was going to pay for dinner. I had no idea how I was going to pay for shampoo. I mean, just all the basics. It was really hard. Um, You know, and and I. I don't know. He it was when you're in that situation and you're hearing like really negative messages all the time. My ex was super emotionally and verbally abusive. Um you you just I don't know, you just start to give up, I guess, and you just kind of get used to it. Um so I kind of got used to living in what's called fight or flight. Um and this is something that actually helps me in the market uh when you're dealing with a stressful situation or anxiety or you feel like you're in danger or even when you're not in danger sometimes we're overreactive and we end up in our fight or flight a lot that's like our sympathetic nervous system it basically turns off everything in your body except for the things that matter like you know getting your your heart pumping and Getting you to run faster because the adrenaline's pumping. You know your your digestive system it's turning off. You know, it's it's you're just in fight or flight. You're not using the front of your brain, which is your frontal cortex, which is your planning and judgment, right? So when you're in that state, you're going to make really you're not going to make good decisions. You're not thinking it through. So like I lived in that state for almost ten years. You know, me um, and we my ex were married for. About nine years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just stayed in it because I thought it was the right thing to do. I didn't know any better. Um, I didn't believe in myself. I thought I wasn't smart. <laughs> I thought I wasn't capable of things. Um, and you know, when I look back at it, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's all really sad. But it's it's funny that I didn't believe in myself because my ex, he, he was... He was kind of he was a narcissist. We'll put it that way. he was textbook narcissist. I didn't know what a narcissist even was when I was in my relationship. It wasn't until after everything had fallen apart that I, re- I found Facebook groups about narcissistic abuse, and it kind of freaked me out because I was like, this is identical to what I went through what the heck um but yeah, I was abandoned by him um and my kids me and my kids were abandoned back in 2018 I think I don't know it's like weird trauma is weird like it all kind of runs together but yeah he just took off and so I had to pick up the piece of my life um with no money <laughs> I was on the verge of being evicted I sold furniture and got it all out of, you know I sold everything I owned paid that off moved to my mom's house in like two days and it, it was just a whirlwind but that was like the scariest thing that could ever happen to me so Now, not a whole lot scary anymore, I guess. But yeah, because I've been through all of that, because of that, the market is important to me because I lived in a world where opportunity didn't exist. I had just kind of given up on the idea that life would get better. It was just always like, maybe we can just be stable. Maybe I can just pay my bills. Maybe I can just eat dinner tonight. Now it's like, oh my gosh, I could... Make more money than I need for my bills. I can save money. I can grow money. Like that is mind blowing to me. (laughs) So for me, the market represents like infinite opportunity. Um, And not having opportunities felt like felt like almost like you just want to die. Honestly, I, I mean, it's just like, what's the point? So the market gives me purpose, and it makes me feel like I can find freedom in my life, you know, because money to me is freedom.
3: We'll be back after a quick break.
1: You know, I, I always um, hesitate when people call themselves survivors because I think if somebody is a survivor, the better word to use is, you know, you're a fighter, right? I mean, you have to be a fighter to survive. And I think the framework of being a fighter is is a very powerful one, right? In a world where there are a lot of odds stacked against people in different ways. And I commend you for, you know, being where you're at now. Um, do you think that in that period, which obviously was, very difficult and painful that it does result in a degree of, of for lack of a better way of saying, it, numbness. And I say that from the perspective that I do think that if you're going to be successful as a trader, you have to almost have a degree of numbness because you're going to have loss. Now, loss monetarily is differently, different than loss in far more serious domains of life. But yeah, you know, the reality is you do need to have that sort of um, almost zen-like approach that you know, you can take it because you've taken worse.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I look at that. I look at it all the time like that for, at least for me, it's like, again, like I said, I've lived through what I think is this, I thought was like the most horrible life ending things that could ever happen to me. And so like, for me losing money, it's like, it, it sucks. I kind of get in a bad mood about it sometimes, but you know, but that I, I process it and I move on, I can let it go at the end of the day. Um, and I would, I would agree with, you do have to have like this level of zen like you just have to realize okay it will be okay if i lose this money it doesn't mean that i'm a bad trader doesn't mean that the world ends it doesn't mean that i'm on the street right um it just means it was a bad trade uh or it i you know i just need to do some more research i guess you know or maybe it will turn back around but today i don't need to sit here and stress on it because i mean what's the point <laughs> it is just not good for me
1: well i think and i think it's also about perspective right it's it's i often find it a little bit bizarre on fin when people um uh, seemingly get very down about you know a particular trade or very you know excited about a particular trade and it's like you know yet yeah, cliche to say it's only money but the reality is you know uh in the grand scheme of things, you know, a particular trade is really meaningless in the context of living life.
2: Absolutely. Um. Actually, I'll I'll share a little more of my um, ex's story a little bit uh, to kind of touch on this. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people have their mindsets backwards when it comes to money. Uh, a lot of people think money is like a flex, I guess. You know, they look at it like money is the end all be all. If I have nice things, or if I have the best car, or if people think I'm the coolest person because I have nice name brand clothes or shoes or whatever, they think that that will somehow fulfill them. Um, my ex is a perfect example of that. He Grew up in dysfunction in Malibu, California, of all places. His family was not from money, but he had some family members who had money. Um, but he kind of grew up with this entitlement, and he really had no reason for the entitlement, other than he just believed that people would think better of him if the image was right. So it was always, with our family, it was always like, look good to everybody else, but it didn't really matter what was happening. Um, on the inside right uh and at and, and it was it just felt like such an empty place to be but you get so lost in it um and you know and my ex he, he fell deeper and deeper and deeper into um, addiction and he would spend a lot of money on you know opioids and he would just and waste it on <laughs> on things to make himself look cooler well, i co-signed for instance i co-signed on a, a, a Board scarform. It wasn't. It was like a used one, but it was way more money than we could even afford at the time. But I was so tired of him complaining at me. I just, you know, when you're in those dynamics, you just do it. it and I just did it. And to this day, I have no idea where that car is. Uh, it's gone. I will never get it back. I still pay money on that car, but. Anyway, he, he, image was everything to him. Like, he had no substance. Uh, it, it was really sad. Um, when you would get to the core of him, it was just hate, anger, sadness. He, and when I say hate, I don't mean hate for me. He had hate. He would show hatred towards me. But, I mean, he hated himself more than anyone I've ever met. It was the saddest thing. Um, and so when he took off to California, left me and the kids in the middle of the polar vortex and... Michigan. Uh, he took off in that sports car and he had, I didn't realize it at the time, but the reason he had left is because when a relative had passed, he had been given a trust of 3500 a thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, and so he was just going to take off and go live his life, I guess. Um, and it's, it's sad because he had everything that he thought he wanted. He had he went and he, he blew all that money. I mean, he wasted it on new clothes, new tattoos. I mean, he bought a new car. He was dating a bunch of new young girls, all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, but he was miserable, and it got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse. His family we could, didn't know what to do with him. Um, and I, it's very sad to share this, but he ended up dead. Uh, he passed away in 2020, two weeks be- before his 28th birthday, And money did not make up for all the things that he had going on inside of himself. And I mean, it it didn't matter. Money didn't give him freedom. Money didn't help him find happiness. Money didn't make him a better person. Um, So I I mean, the truth, at the end of the day, the the moral is money can't replace brokenness inside of us. And actually, if we are struggling with some sort of brokenness, we're going to have a hard time holding on to money, managing money, having a good mindset towards money. Um, so, I mean, like, for me, seeing my ex's descent and into life, I mean, like, that was just so impactful. I realized so much about, you know, what matters and what doesn't.
1: Just to uh, reset the room for everybody that's here, uh, please make sure you follow Amanda on Twitter, uh, inspiring the way she, you know, fought through uh those struggles in that time in her life to do what she's doing now. She deserves a lot more follows here on Twitter. So please support her. If anybody wants to come up and ask questions, click that bottom left mic request button. And uh, as always, this will be an edited podcast on all your favorite platforms. Um, okay, so let's go back to the the sort of self learning part on the trading side. As you talked to talked about how you know you kind of gravitate towards markets because it's about opportunity. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to do. Th- things right, a lot of opportunities to do things wrong. Um, Talk about some of the mistakes that you made uh, earlier on in your trading career and uh, what you did to maybe uh, improve on those mistakes with future trades.
2: Well, the biggest mistake I made from day one was worrying about what everybody else is doing, (laughs) worrying about what everybody else thinks, trying to do what the crowd is doing. And, you know, it's it's so funny because, yeah, now now I realize that in doing what the crowd's doing, that's usually like not even the right choice. (laughs) But again, the market's weird like that. You don't always know. But generally speaking, yeah, you want to make trades that are less popular because the market likes to change direction when too many people are in something, Um, you know. Uh, in the beginning, I also used to play options a whole lot more and yeah, I'd make a lot of money on those options, but man, it was hard to keep those gains, you know, or, um, another one was just too many positions at one time, getting overconfident and thinking, you know, you have a couple really great trades and the next, you just think you're going to keep trading every single day. You know, Now I realize I got to stop looking at it like, you know, um, you got to look at every trade individually. You can't be like on a streak and just trade, trade, trade. I mean, some people can, but generally speaking, that's how you get hurt. No, I've gotten hurt. (laughs) Uh, I find the market to be a lot like kind of like my kids, you know, Um, a toddler touches a hot stove and, or you tell a toddler not touch the hot stove. They don't know why they, you know, they, they ignore you. They touch the hot stove. They cry. You give them a hug and you say, Well, yeah, and now you know why I said not to touch it. It burns. And guess what? They don't touch the stove again. <laughs> um, so I'm learning that experience kind of is king in the market as long as you're somebody who is willing to reflect on your mistakes and look back at your what you did and um, you know, back test things and see if it actually worked or not. I mean, even like we look at um the Fed and this whole Fed tightening cycle and everybody's got a different opinion on uh, retail, I should say. Everybody in retail has a different opinion on it. A lot of people think it's massively bullish. And I will admit, I kind of believe that too, until you kept saying, uh, fear the pivot. And I was like, what is he talking about? And so then I did my research and I was like, oh my gosh, every time the pivot happened, we dropped. (laughs) Okay. There was a lot of lows that came after the pivot. So yeah, kind of realizing that the crowd doesn't always have rights, especially on Twitter. You know, just because someone is popular doesn't necessarily mean they know what the heck they're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, the reality is, popularity in uh, on Fintuit and in life is largely confirmation bias, right? I mean, if you're a big fan of Bitcoin and there's a lot of other big fans of Bitcoin, you're going to follow uh, those big accounts that do nothing but talk about Bitcoin, right? I mean, you're not going to have big accounts necessarily that, um, Throughout differing opinions, right? Because that's not how you get popular. Um, and it, listen, as much as I, I tweet and and yeah, you know, maybe obnoxious purposely on fintwit, yeah, you know, most of this, most of things I say, most purposely, most of the things that I put out you know, are based on actual data and backtesting. And you have to kind of frame things, I think, in a way to to get people to pay attention, right? Data is one thing, but putting aggressive wording is a whole nother in terms of sort of. Virality, so you know I appreciate you mentioning that point. Since you mentioned retail, I always have a problem with the idea and, and the framing of smart money versus dumb money, which you often hear in traditional media, right? Dumb money in quotes being retail, smart money being everybody else, and it's to me it's not about being smart or dumb because nobody can tell the future. It's not about intelligence, right? Um, but what do you think the um, speaking of popular, the popular narrative gets right and wrong about? The retail community, since you know you really are coming from a place of you know being a part of it from the discord side to the Twitter side to trading your own portfolio.
2: Well, I think that they get they get they get the intelligence level wrong. Um, yes, there are a lot of loud, not so smart retail people <laughs> um, but that's not all of us. Uh, and I think I would argue that nowadays retail's probably smarter than they've ever been because we have information at our fingertips, right? Um, information moves faster than it ever has. It's more available than it's ever been. I mean, the fact that I can even just like connect with you or, you know, in, in this space and we can talk about this from our own homes where, you know, all over the world doesn't even matter. I mean, that's huge. We didn't used to be able to have this collaboration in the past. In fact, I love hearing um, from you, Michael, and the people you bring up who are more seasoned and experienced and been in this for years and years and decades and decades, because I love hearing how different it was then. And I, I mean, I would love to have experienced it, I think, um, just because you know, going out onto a floor in real life, I mean, that's not retail necessarily, but I'm just talking, even everybody's trading careers, everything has changed, technology has changed everything. Um, and I think that's also what's drawing me into the market and during this particular period is one. I mean, I came in when I came in, but I also am not afraid to talk about what I'm thinking or what I'm researching because I I see that for a lot of even seasoned people, this there's a big learning curve. Things have changed a lot. Um, so it's kinda nice. We're all kind of learning a lot of stuff together in some ways.
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll take it a step further. I mean uh... And this, admittedly, has been sort of my own uh, curse as somebody who's an entrepreneur that you know, launched different strategies, I believe, at the wrong time. But others will cynically say that that's just an excuse. You know, the small sample, which can be just even be measured in years, right? I mean, I always go back to three, four, five years is is a small sample of time, even, even though it feels like forever. But in the context of long cycles, right, that's, that's really nothing, Um In the small sample, if you're going to develop some kind of trading strategy based on that large data, but if in the small sample it doesn't work, it becomes really challenging, right? Mentally, emotionally, financially, because you know what your research would suggest. Uh, You know that not everything works at all times, including buy and hold, right? You know that there are cycles, but at the same time, here is social media, here's Fintwit, and here's that large account that seemingly is killing it based on going into Pepe as the meme coin of the day. Uh, so it, it really does get to be, I think, um, a lot more difficult when you actually take a step back from social media and look at data um, and then figure out that it's more than just, to your point, those with large followings, those that are intelligent, non-intelligent. It's also about finding you know, your cadence in a cycle that may or not Favor your cadence, if that makes sense.
2: No, absolutely. Um, and I think that I mean maybe it's just like a lot of the Ventwit community, or I don't know if this is just retail, or but you've mentioned it before. Everyone's become so um, short sighted, I guess. Everything they want, they want plays to be instant almost, <laughs> uh, and. When I look back at charts and I've looked at data myself, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't always work out like that. In fact, I've gotten hurt being short-sighted like that too. And I think sometimes just because um, data moves so fast, people expect time to move like that. You know, um, I, when I was younger, I used to be into gaming and stuff. Um, I played online games as kind of a nerd as a teenager. Um, and it's funny to me, a lot. Of, there's a lot of... Uh, similarities I guess to gaming and the market and we we don't have to get into the game of uh, the gamification stuff but I just mean like just how people think um it was funny like when you would play online games like something that happened in one day would feel like three months <laughs> you know people would get in their little fake online relationships or whatever and they'd be like done and like Maybe three weeks because that was like a long time, you know. Um, things kind of explode and fall really quick in in on internet time, I guess. But I think that's just because again, everything moves so fast; it feels like time is moving faster, but it's not. Um, and so, yeah, I think that people kind of yeah they want instant gratification. They want they want to make money now. They don't really have they don't have a concept of long term. Well, and then I'm also see, noticing that myself, like being in this cycle from the 2020 and now we're here and we're kind of in that weird transitional phase. Is it going to fall more? Is it? Are we going to start a new cycle soon? Are we in a new cycle? No one really knows. Um, where was I going with that? I just lost my train of thought. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. But but, but you you, you. The, the gratification is the biggest problem, right? And it's it's like I, I don't know how that gets countered uh, because the, I, know you, I know you kind of lose great gamification, but the reality is all that reinforces the short termism because it makes everything uh, about the short term dopamine hit of you know a particular trade going up or down. When in reality, you know this is a long game.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to realize that more and more, um, as I've gotten more experienced as I've lost money, (laughs) you know, um, you know, yeah, you just kind of shift, but also it's that experience. I couldn't, I wanted to, like, I wanted to understand it. I read like crazy. I, I would read things like over and over and over, like trying to understand read it out loud. But it's like, until you've experienced it, you don't really understand. Like somebody during the peak of 2021 and the emotions and all the money you're making it doesn't feel like it's ever going to end and i'm seeing right now here in this kind of like complacency period i mean it feels kind of like it's never going to end but reality and in history tells us otherwise right so there's kind of like this disconnect between your emotions and reality and that's tough because i would argue that the majority of maybe a lot of people nowadays don't really know the difference between rationality and feeling. Uh, uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, I'm glad to know that my pain can be something positive. So that means a lot.
1: So about um, the importance of skepticism uh, for a few minutes here. Uh, uh, Again, it's, When you're kind of a blank slate entering a new field, you're excited about it, you have some early success, you're seeing other people being successful. And over time, you start getting a little bit jaded, a little skeptical about what other people are saying, about the way markets work. Um, For you, what are some of the warning signs uh, when it comes to uh, what kind of stocks to consider buying or selling or even if it's on the option side? You know, how short-term the expiration should be. I mean, I think the problem is a lot of people enter the field thinking it's going to be fast money quickly, uh, big money quickly. And in reality, you know, it's not. So you need to be a bit skeptical of the idea that you can make a lot of money fast.
2: You do. You do. Um, I mean, like. I think skepticism is good in the market in general. I think I didn't have enough of it in the beginning. And I think that's just normal. I think we kind of don't know what we're doing at first. We kind of believe everybody at first. But yeah, it's gotten to the place now where it's like if if someone's saying something and I can't verify that on my own, then I probably don't care about it. (laughs) You know, Um, you just have to become like really independent. But yeah, you got to be skeptical because every stock can sound pretty good. I mean, like, for instance, look at BBBY. I mean, now it's OTC because it went bankrupt, you know, um, before having experienced this part of the cycle and seeing companies go bankrupt. It's like, you can't even really imagine how that process even happens, right? Uh, but now it's like, wow, this is, things got real, you know? And, and I actually feel pretty, uh, I guess, honored and blessed to have started learning in this environment because it's an environment that i mean like it has people haven't even had the chance to learn it in their entire careers right so i'm like i get to learn this so early on it's kind of exciting because you know i think about warren buffett um his that one quote it's uh you can always when the tides go out you see who's swimming naked i mean you see the same kind of thing happen even in just to twit space right so many fake people have just disappeared less people talking it's like oh my gosh you can tell what's real and what's not all of a sudden <laughs> do
1: you have any sort of um longer term plans or visions for sort of let's call it your personal brand right so you know uh, stock mom right i mean i can i can clearly envision a line of books that would be targeted towards children of mothers or of women that maybe have had similar experiences, you know, to you that are, are looking for somebody to look up to. Any, any sort of thoughts on what you'd ideally want to sort of position yourself into besides the portfolio management side?
2: You know, I am just so much enjoying, I guess, my freedom. Um, <laughs> I got remarried in 2021 wonderful partner uh he is fantastic we actually knew each other for a long time ended up we were actually both left in our relationships around the same time It kind of just was serendipitous we know each other's kids it's great because of that i mean like you know um with my ex passing my children get survivor benefits you know i was able during 2020 to reassess. Okay, do I even want to work anymore? I was just working retail management um, for a beauty company, and I was definitely not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, so I kind of pulled back. I, you know, been working with my kids. My kids, you know, are in therapy. I got through all my therapy. It was nice, but now it's like I guess the world has opened up to me. It's like I could do whatever I want and. No one's stopping me. If anything, people are supporting me. (laughs) And yeah, books. One day, I I definitely have books to write. I have a lot to say, (laughs) Uh, but those those will come. I think for me, it's just kind of further developing uh, my education in finance. I am going to be starting back at school. I have a lot of random credits, and I'm just going to start putting them into an actual degree and finance is what I love. That's what my brain does. I don't know if that means I'm going to do stuff on my own with it, like self-employment stuff, my own business, or if I'm going to go work, um, you know, institutionally, I doubt that I can't see myself doing that, but it just kind of feels like the next step for me is to go further my education. And yeah, I like to share that with other people and keep inspiring others to keep, you know, following this journey I think money uh is incredibly powerful. I mean, it is. Money is power. Um and if it's used in the right ways, it can be freedom for some people. Uh so yeah, helping my I'm going to keep working towards my goals of financial freedom and kind of keep sharing what I'm learning along the way.
1: I got to ask you it's um time management is hard for a lot of people. Um, I think especially challenging when, you know, you're effectively a full-time Mother, right, and and having to deal with the twenty four seven job of of being a caretaker. Um, how do you how do you manage your own time in the context of the personal life with wanting to go back to school and and self educating on investing? I got to imagine that um, you know there's the old expression, right? If you want something done, give it to a busy person. But uh, talk about just time management for yourself.
2: Well, that's an interesting story too. I used to be like actually really bad at time management. <laughs> Uh, being in fight or flight, dealing with adult ADHD, it was just never really growing up in a stable environment, I guess. Uh, but my husband, he's so wonderful. He is like... I always joke, I'm like, Haji, you're so normal. You're like the most normal person I know. <laughs> he knows that's a compliment. Um, He's just very steady, I guess. He's been a uh, good example for me. I just kind of followed his lead, and everything kind of just fell into place. I mean, I don't know, I've gotten so good at time management over these past few years. Uh, life just has a really nice rhythm. We all wake up in this house around like 6 a.m. and you know, he goes off to work, I get kids to school, so that's like a reason I gotta be awake anyway. Uh, I get them to school, and then if it's a week I have video, I'm probably gonna do that. But then I, I go and I do my shift and my Instacart, you gotta manage your time for that too. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm just my husband is super supportive. Like really that's it. He is just very invested in the family um, and he really just doesn't I don't know. He doesn't really tell me how how to be <laughs> and I I love that. He's just he's just there to be supportive. He's great like that. Um plus it helps our kids are getting older. My my oldest he is going on 12 now. My youngest she is going to be 8 soon. So, yeah, they're in school, uh, and you know, so I have all this time now. What's
1: your um biggest piece of advice for newer traders that um, want to see this the way that you see it as a way of leveling the playing field of life a bit uh, as a way of, of adding opportunities. what What would you suggest people should be doing, or th- how should they be thinking about this business?
2: Well, I think um, first and foremost, just don't stop educating. I think that's like essential. The more I learn, the more I realize what's going on. I guess it's like such a big thing the market and the economy and just everything. It's like you're not going to be able to just like read one book and understand every bit of it. This is, I've accepted for myself, that this is going to be probably a lifelong education, you know? So, staying open to new perspectives is everything. Um, But also, just, you know, really being sure that you're getting good sources of information. Read books, don't just read uh, tweets, you know. Um, Look for people who do have credentials behind them or do have a good track record. Um, But I think, first and foremost, they've really got to be able to lean on their own education because. Even if someone's saying something that may be true, if you can't figure out if that's true or not, then you're going to be really confused. I
1: think that's a good place to wrap this Twitter space up. Please show some support to Amanda. Follow her here on Twitter. Uh, Any other places that people can uh, follow some of your content? Yes,
2: I have my YouTube. The link is on my Twitter page. So definitely give that a look over, guys. I do uh, a monthly video, and then I do... Uh, weekly videos to kind of give an update of what's going on in the market.
1: Thank you, Ray, for joining. Uh, I'm doing another Twitter space at 3 Eastern today. Uh, I'm sorry, 2 Eastern today with uh, Michael Saylor as one of the uh, main guests. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Amanda, real pr- pleasure uh, listening to you. I give you a lot of credit. You are a fighter, not just a survivor. And I think uh, that's a, certainly an inspiring story. Thank you, Ray, for joining. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Amanda.
2: Thank you. Bye, guys.
1: Cheers, everybody.
3: or offer to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in any jurisdiction. Please consult your own investment or financial advisor for advice related to all investment decisions. Don't forget to follow at Lead Lag Report on X, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube, and check out the Lead Lag Report at www.leadlagreport.com. Use promo code PODCAST30 for two weeks free and 30% off to get access to award-winning research and anticipate stock market crashes. Corrections and bear markets.